Ooh, I'm a shark cat. I just pulled up to your house after your door. Go, ooh, I'm a shark cat. I'm in a tornado. I just pulled up in a motherfucking tomato. Oh, are you bleeding? You giving me what I'm needing? Oh, oh it's some blood. Oh, I smell you in the water. I'm gonna go eat your daughter. I'm no. gonna eat your stepfather. I'm gonna eat, oh, all of the fishes. All of the fishes and all of the bitches. I'm pulling up, giving you all of the stitches and all of the scars. Yeah, I got a fin and some gills. Oh, it's gonna get really real. Sharknado! Sharknado! Sharknado. This month's full Patreon bonus episode is Mario Bava's Black Sabbath from 1963, starring Boris Karloff, and the episode is hosted by... My phone autocorrected a bracket. His name's not Bracket. Brucker from Autopsy of a Horror Movie. And, of course, James Devante from Night Shift Video. Not James Devante. James and Devante. <laughs> Your last name's not Devante. James Hudson oh, and... Oh, boy. Cleve Devante Cleveland. Cleveland. God damn it. Cleveland himself. Devonta Cleveland. Now I'm fucking myself. From Night Shift Video and, of course, myself. I'm also included in this if you if you didn't know all that. And this month's movie poll topic is 90s horror movies. If you want to help decide which 90s horror movie is discussed later on this month, check out our bonus episodes. Gain early access to, um, well, early access episodes. And uh, ad-free episodes. And, uh, you know, just type patreon.com slash horror soup in your computer, your Safari, or your phone's internet browser today. And now let's talk about Sharknado. I have my top-tier bud, James, from Night Shift Video here with me today. How's it going, James? Hey, I'm ready to do some sharks, and I'm ready to do some NATO. Sharknado! <laughs> <laughs> okay, so this is... I feel like this is both a big and small episode at the same time. Like, I thought it was going to be a bigger episode. The more I'm thinking about it, I feel like it's not. Maybe that's just in my mind. Maybe people will be really excited about this. How does, how does everyone feel about Sharknado? I don't know how I feel about Sharknado. It's like there's something about Sharknado that doesn't feel like a movie as much as it was just, like, a meme. It was definitely like more of a viral sensation than it was an actual thing. I people I feel like I feel like people reminisce over the thought of Sharknado more than actual Sharknado. It's like watching Sharknado is the equivalent of watching a Vine compilation on YouTube. Watching Sharknado is like the equivalent of listening to Nickelback. Yeah. It's a very strange thing. I mean, we had this full discussion before, so this isn't just a bit I came up with off the top of my head. But you're so smart and funny, and you're <laughs> so you're such a good comedian. Look at Comedy, you go, jazz hands. Ha 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 ha! You guys ever seen this? Holy shit! <laughs> but Sharknado is like that thing that everyone says they like, but no one actually likes. I don't know if anyone actually likes Sharknado. I don't think anyone does. I think that it got. This it it had this memeability quality that made it go kind of viral or whatever. But I don't, and people are like, "Oh, this is like a cult classic." I don't think it's actually a cult classic. By the time I got to the end of this, I actually hated what this did for the horror and mover move the horror and movie community in general because it kind of just feels like a giant disgrace. I mean, there's a lot of shit. 
on Prime Video that's only there because Sharknado exists. Jaws made mockbuster shark movies, but Sharknado is a mockbuster shark movie that made mockbuster shock sh- mockbuster. Sh- that's a tongue twister, dude. Mark, Mark, mock. Mockbuster shark movies of a mockbuster shark movie. Yeah. That's so hard to say. Try saying everything I just said right now. <laughs> it's a parody of a parody of a parody at this point. I wanted to give Sharknado its flowers, but after watching this all the way, I don't know if I can because I feel like I remember the sequels and moments from sequels more than I do this one, but it still feels like the same exact movie. Yeah, I don't I don't know that I've seen any of the sequels and I discovered after watching this that I've only seen this movie once. It feels almost like the scary movie effect, but you know when you watch scary movie for the first time in years and you're like, oh, okay, I thought a lot of these were the same movie, but you could still kind of differentiate them and you could still remember moments from them and kind of just piece it together, you know? Sure. You can't do that with this. Yeah, no, I, I, I totally understand what you mean by that. It was a very strange feeling watching Sharknado again. I thought I remembered way more of this movie than I did. I didn't remember anything about this. I didn't remember this. a single minute of this. That I actually wanted to rewatch this, and instead of doing a kill count, do a shark count. Just every time you see a shark. Like, how many sharks are in Sharknado? I think that's a question that needs to be answered. Sharknado has a lot of sharks, but when you make a mockbuster of a shark movie, I feel like in most of these other shark movies, you see, like, one at most. This is like a shark movie plus a disaster movie, and almost almost makes it a zombie movie, really. I get, No, I wouldn't say that. Do any of the sharks come back? No, not that the sharks come back, but just the sharks are the zombies. All of a sudden, they're in your house, and you have to climb up the stairs and, like, beat them off. Like. <laughs> so it's Night of the Living Dead or Call of Duty Zombies. Did you say beat them off? <laughs> yeah, you gotta... Did you say beat them off? You gotta beat the sharks off is what you're saying. <laughs> yeah. You gotta beat off the sharks, man. God damn it. I don't know how to feel about Sharknado. I I thought I was watching a movie about shark tornadoes, and really I'm watching a movie about the Kool-Aid man breaking through everyone's home. <laughs> it's just, yeah, a lot of windows breaking, sharks jumping through windows. Oh, yeah! What if, like, what if we did a fan edit of every time a shark busts through a window? It goes, oh, yeah! I thought I was watching a Family Guy skit. It's so fucking goofy, dude. <laughs> All right, well, Sharknado starring Tara Reid, who you may know as Bunny and the Big Lebowski, or as Sasha Thomas from Urban Legend. But have you ever seen the Big Lebowski 2 trailer? Never, ever. Tara Reid plays everyone. What? It is so offensive (laughs) in the way that I'm not thoroughly offended. I'm not like, oh, you can't put this anywhere. I'm just offended that it exists. That's crazy. <laughs> I have never wanted anything less than to see Tara Reid as the dude. Yeah, that's a that's a whole new ball game right there. <laughs> we'll move on from Tara Reid. So this is written by Thunder Levin who your fucking name, dude. Grow up. His first writing credit was Mutant Vampire Zombies from the Hood. This uh Mutant Vampire Zombies from the Hood does look interesting though. We might have to watch that. There's a there's a character named G-Dog. Thunder Levin wrote in a character named G-Dog. Thunder Levin also wrote in an Asian character named Dragon. No, we're not watching Vampire Zombies from the Hood. I'm not doing it. Next time on I'll Suck Your Blood. 
Oh my god. Vampire zombies from the hood. This man also made zombie tidal wave. <laughs> no, he did not. <laughs> Same director as Sharknado. Oh my god. And he also wrote every Sharknado up until his eventual departure from Sharknado 5. It was also directed by Anthony C. Ferrante, who really... He's just a Sharknado guy. He directed all of them. And Zombie Tidal Wave. Don't forget about Zombie Tidal Wave. Yeah, we're going we're gonna to have to watch that one, too. Zombie Tidal Wave, I'm a little more interested. I think I have to just stay away from mutant vampire zombies from the hood. I'll watch Zombie Tidal Wave. Okay. So, <laughs> Sharknado, if you didn't know, it is a sci-fi made-for-TV movie with a $2 million budget. Do you remember when sci-fi was huge? Yeah. Really, the only reason any of us know about Sharknado is if you were around for the sci-fi era because it was the only thing that they showed. They started making sequels for these, and I swear to God, for like a five-year period, the only thing I saw on the sci-fi channel was Sharknado. Just think about that for a second. Like, I'm going to sound like the old man here for a second, but like the fact that sci-fi channel was so important to like pop culture whenever Sharknado came out, and now it's like... What's on sci-fi? Remember Spike TV? Oh, God, Spike TV. It hasn't fallen quite as bad as Spike TV did. Spike TV <laughs> went in the fucking gutter, dude. Spike TV used to be the thing that every man in the world watched. Everyone that wanted to be a real man that drove a real truck watched Spike TV. What was that, A uh, 100 Ways to Die or 1,001 Ways to Die or something like that? The that best shit was show nuts. in the world. The shit was best fucking show crazy. The... And they would always just be like, up next is Manly Man flexing. <laughs> Eating raw meat. He'll eat your raw dick next. <laughs> and all the men were like, fuck yeah, dude. I'd suck dick, but not in a gay way, dude. It's like if it's like if you made a network. I would love to refurbish the Spike <laughs> TV channel. <laughs> Build it up from scratch, man. Man, there was something there. Sharknado originally received about 1.3 million viewers. It went viral on Twitter. Celebrities started to boast about it. And then it garnered more and more viewers with each airing until it just was shoved in our face for yeah. the rest of the foreseeable future. Yeah, I mean, this was something that you could not escape. You know, it's weird, though. This is something that you can so easily escape now. No one talks about Sharknado. Even the not people that liked Sharknado in the past... I'll say that this ruined like everything. <laughs> what I'm saying, man, it's a weird. It's so it exists in a weird place because it was such a big deal, but then now it's just like yeah, fucking Sharknado. What still weirds me out so much though is that Rotten Tomatoes critics gave this a 74 percent, while the audience reigns at a solid 33 percent. It has a 3.3 on IMDb. I'm sure it's like two something on Letterbox. I don't remember checking. Why is the critic score so high? Why is the critic score so high? Like. I think all the critics just, like, wanted to be on the sci-fi train. It was going viral. They wanted to give it a higher rating than it was because they'd never seen a mockbuster or a strange, goofy movie before. And I right. feel like Sharknado was that moment that a lot of people realized that weird movie movies exist. Like, I don't want to be that guy like that alpha dude that's like, oh, you fucking plebeians, you all watch stupid movies, and you don't know that there's this whole other side to horror. But, like, I feel like for a lot of actual critics and whatnot at the time you know 2013 was such a strange time i don't know if we even mentioned that sharknado came out in 2013 it was such a weird time that i feel like they just wanted to like it so much to be like popular that you know it just it just kind of happened 
I think they gave it way more credit than it deserves. I think they're trying to say that, like, yes, it's doing this thing, but it's also doing it, like, in a smart way and, like, winking at it. This movie's not winking at shit. 2013 was when hipsters were really coming around, but, like, no one hated hipsters yet. Yeah, this movie isn't, like, thinking of, like, a witty kind of horror comedy, like, parody thing, like Tucker and Dale or something, like... Something that really winks at horror and, like, really, like, knows what it's doing. This was more just, like, this was a sci-fi money grab. Yeah, they they did not know what they were doing. They weren't like, oh, we're gonna do this to, like, subvert expectations. They were just, like, a fucking Sharknado, like... (laughs) I feel like Sharknado is seen as, like, the pioneer of bad movies, but the way I see it, Birdnado came out... I mean, Birdnado. (laughs) Birdemic came out at least three years before this. Peter Rottentail came out in 2003. Mark Polonia's been running these shitty movies like Hall If I Kill You and Peter Rottentail since the early... (laughs) Not early, late 90s-ish. People have been doing this, you know? Well, yeah, man. I mean, there's a whole, like secret subgenre of that stuff of like stuff that was shot on on VHS tape and you know never actually made it to film and shit like that if you like, you don't want to talk about weird things like just going to the exploitation genre like exploitative right. movies have been a thing for a long time this might not be considered a exploitation movie but like it has exploitative features which is what everyone like the critics especially were all drawn to and like the virality on Twitter etc cetera, etc cetera. Right. It all goes down to people thought this was the first exploitation movie about sharks. It's a shark shark exploitation movie. It, this is the spawn of shark exploitation, really. I mean, like, it's kind of that thing where I'm sure it's, it's been done. It's definitely been done before, like way before. Like I said, it all goes back to like Jaws and people making mockbuster movies about but that. Literally, but... after this, every single thing was like grizzly shark, laser shark, shark. Point five three zero like Amityville Shark House, uh, Ouija Shark, Shark. all that shit. Ouija Shark, yeah, like Shark Exorcist, Shark Exorcist, yeah, Shark (laughs) Exorcist, all that shit. Like it, it, those wouldn't be a thing if it wasn't for Sharknado. And while I want to say, in a weird roundabout way, I want to say, you know what, you did this, you spawned this whole thing. But what good has come out of shark movies? There's Jer- there's Jersey Shore Shark Attack, which, I mean, I might have shit on when we did it, oh, but yeah. the more I think about it, it is a way better version of Sharknado. Probably. Um, I mean, I don't think we would have gotten Llamageddon without Sharknado. I think we would have. That's fair. What I, was Llamageddon? Llamageddon 2015, maybe? Uh, I don't know. Well, you did Rubber come out. Wasn't Rubber, like, 2010 or something like that? Uh, Lumageddon's 15. Rubber is 10. Yep. Okay, yeah. You're spot on on both of those numbers. Look at you go. We would get Lumageddon without Sharknado. <laughs> I could say that. What was Teeth? 2007? 8? 9? No, 8? I can't spell Teeth. Movie. 7. Okay, well... If you've somehow never watched or heard of Sharknado, here's the plot directly from IMDb. When a freak hurricane swaps Los Angeles, nature's deadliest killer rules sea, land, and air, as thousands of sharks terrorize the water-lodged populace. I don't think that explains the movie at all. Well, you know what? It does. That explains the movie better than they want you to think the movie is. I think, I think you need to talk about the ending. You know how, like, sometimes in, like, an action movie... The plot synopsis kind of ruins the ending. But this one, you because there's not enough emphasis on the NATO. Yeah, I think they needed to say, and a group tries to stop the tornado by blowing it up. Because that's just the most ridiculous thing, right? They fought a tornado by blowing it up. 
It's very much Joyride, shoot the car. Or shoot the truck. <laughs> shoot the truck! Shoot the truck! Like, this isn't a fucking, like, Legend of Zelda video game. Like, don't just throw a bomb into a tornado. Like, that's not, that's not how that works. But... <laughs> Spoiler alert, sorry if you were really not wanting to know about that part yet, but that's where we're headed, folks. Since we've already spoiled the end of the movie, let's get into the movie. Sharknado has a better setup than most movies do. I will give it that. They set up most things very early. I mean, the fact that right when the film starts, it gives a reason for the villain to hate the world. Which I feel like a lot of movies kind of just overlook. They're kind of just like, okay, here's a person or a creature or whatever. And they, they're really mad at you. But this one kind of sets it up really well. I mean, there's a boat with a ton of dead sharks on it. Shark soup and a guy with a funny evil accent is striking a shark-related deal with a buyer. That's a perfect mob boss setup. Yes, all of those things are present <laughs> in the film. You are correct. The first 10 minutes is actually... Iconic. Like, I will give it that 100%. It does not shy. <laughs> is on it iconic? Because getting... I don't it understand is. anything that's happening. I don't exactly understand it, but I understand it enough to know that the sharks would be mad at what's happening. <laughs> and I think that's more than a lot of other movies do for me. Do you think they put that in there just so that you would be kind of like rooting for the sharks a little bit? I think so. It is one of that things that makes you feel like, you know what? The humans are kind of a dick. Like, it's the beginning of any, like, SeaWorld documentary. You know what? Yeah, that random person in that bar deserved to die because those people were poaching sharks. Look, I mean, George was kind of a perv. <laughs> I know he had a cool stool, but... Did you catch that George is the dad from Home Alone? Yes, I did. <laughs> I did. I did. As soon as I saw him, I was like, who the fuck? I didn't catch that at first. I kind of recognized him, and I was like, who is this fucking guy? And then he's at home alone, and my first initial thought was, there's no way he's the dad, right? And then I looked at it, I was like, oh, okay, you are. <laughs> there's so many times where I just look at a cast list, and someone's in Home Alone, and it makes me want to rewatch Home Alone, because I haven't seen it since I was a kid. Bro, I watch Home Alone every year. I don't watch Home Alone every year. I feel like that should be something that's in my rotation, but it just never ends. I don't think about Home Alone until the time of the year where I don't want, want to watch Home Alone. You're what the French call les incompetents. I just yell about Macaulay Culkin. I'm like, oh, he does crack. <laughs> and that's it. <laughs> Bye, bring me back something French. You know what I quote all the time, though? Christmas story. Fred Gile. Iconic. You'll shoot your yeah. eye out, kid. You know where that takes place? Indiana. Is it Indiana? No, it's not. Yeah, boy. Where in Indiana? It's a fictional town. Oh, okay. It's just like supposed to be like small town America, but like it's a random thing in Indiana. I know. Wait, so that mall is supposed to be in Indiana? Yeah. Do you have malls like that? Uh, yeah. I mean, our mall used to be kind of like that, but like now that it's kind of dying, they took a lot of the cool, like weird shit out. Like the slide? Yeah, like, it didn't actually have a slide, but it did have, like, a, it was, like, a three-story, like, uh, merry-go-round, like, carousel thing. My mall's two stories, so you already got more than I have. Which was, like, that was pretty badass, but they ripped it out, and then before that, it was an ice skating rink in there. Hmm. But, yeah, now it's all just kind of shit. You know the dude that, uh, made Christmas Story also made Black Christmas? I did know that, actually, yeah. So beautiful. The two greatest <laughs> Christmas movies of, like, all time in different genres. Uh, One last funny thing about a Christmas Except story. Except for Die Hard. He didn't make Die Hard, but... So, my dad never calls me 
and he calls me once a year. My dad tries to call me, and I fucking block him. <laughs> my dad calls me once a year, and it's like a couple days before Christmas, and he's like, hey, can you walk me through how can to Can you work order the... me a leg lamp? No, he's like, can you walk fishnets? me through how to use the DVD player so I can watch a Christmas story? <laughs> You can just find it on cable. It's on every channel around Christmas. I know for a fact if he didn't know how to use a DVD player, he still has cable. <laughs> he does. But I get that call every single year. It is on every channel every minute during Christmas time. I know. I think it's on, on TBS. It's on for like 48 hours straight or some shit. Literally, because I used to watch it for 48 hours straight. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Anyway, so yeah, we set all that shit up, and then we see the sharks go into a tornado, and then it's like, Surfer California, bruh. You gotta set that up a little differently. We're on a terribly animated boat, and they actually used two different boats for this because they like ran out of budget and had to reshoot some scenes, so they have a completely different boat. Yeah, and you can definitely tell. I, did, I do have a note here, because when they're doing the interiors of the boat, just try to look outside. You can just, they're just sitting in a parking lot. And what's so funny, too, is that there's this dude, he's like the evil guy, the buyer or whatever, and he's buying, like, what is he buying? Shark ashes? I have no idea. I didn't understand what was going on. He's buying something to do with sharks to make shark soup, maybe. Uh, he tried shark soup, so I'm assuming. Shark fin soup? That's apparently a thing that, like, makes your pee-pee strong? That is a thing, but maybe he's buying shark fin? I don't know what he's buying, but he has them in a box. He doesn't know what waves are because at one point a couple of waves hit the boat and he's like, what the hell was that? And the captain like makes sure to go, huh, they're waves. You ever heard of them? <laughs> Everyone pretty much dies. And this was when I realized, like this was the moment that I realized <laughs> I don't remember anything from this movie. This intro was new to me. Yep. Completely new. I don't remember them setting up the sharks. Don't remember the mob. Don't remember the businessman. Nothing. The reason I thought this was so clever and, like, good in the beginning is because I didn't remember them ever setting up the sharks. All I remembered from the series is that there's a tornado. The only scene that I had in my head was some, I think, maybe blonde or dirty blonde guy, stand, like, with a very chiseled chin, like, maybe, like, a 5 o'clock shadow kind of thing going on. Like, standing in the middle of a town while a tornado's going on and sharks are flying around him, and he kind of just looks off like a fucking Marvel superhero and sharks are still he beats up some sharks i don't know that's all i remember from the entire series and that's not in this movie i feel like it was a wrestler in that scene possibly oh okay i i don't i don't remember at all but i don't remember anything from this movie <laughs> it's very unmemorable honestly so we cut to a bar there's a standard annoying man being a perv the bartender spills his beer purposely, and he tries to get a free one from the barkeep who's like, uh, no, you're creepy. You're going to go ahead and pay for that $4 beer, which I wish for. Actually, you know what? I went to a bar last night, and I got Micheladas for like five-something each. So you know what? Pretty there good. are good places out there still. Anyway, 
He makes a comment about her gill-shaped scar, which I just want someone to explain that. She has a scar that looks like gills. That's supposed to be a shark bite? It looks like gills. That's gills. <laughs> There's a montage involving people surfing, swimming, and jet skiing away from sharks. A couple chicks die, a guy dies, one guy gets like comically thrown off the side of a flight of stairs. Please tell me you saw that. I did see that. But you're going to tell me that you're going to just walk right past... There's lots of scenery out here today. I'm just going to check out the waves. I'm going to be completely honest. Every line in this movie pissed me off. I wanted to like them because of how goofy and ridiculous they were, and I wanted to give it, like, uh, the room or birdemic or, like, the happening kind of treatment, but I never felt like that during this. I felt like they were just saying things just to be like, oh, look at that. We know that things are sometimes referenced. Yeah, bro. So, yes, to answer your question, I am going to skip over that. Surfer California, bro, dude, surf's up, man. Breaking it some waves, dude. You saw the guy getting thrown off the flight of stairs, right? Yeah, I did see that. It was pretty funny. That was probably my favorite part of the entire movie. <laughs> the way he kind of just, like... He's just, like, jumping. He vertically fell off of that. Like, it was like he was edited in, like, stop motion, but they skipped, like, 100 frames in each shot. And he just flopped down. I mean, I know, obviously, we know the sharks in this look pretty terrible, right? Like, we, it, it, it looks bad. But it's supposed to look bad. I mean, they're full CGI sharks. I think whenever you only see the fin, and, like, when it just shows, like, you know, like, three or four fins, like, kind of right together, and then, like, it cuts to, like, them biting somebody, it doesn't look that bad. It, like, actually looks kind of good. I would say it doesn't look as bad. I wouldn't say it looks kind of good. Like, just for a second, like, it's like, oh, okay, like, it's kind of good. I don't know if I agree with that, but I'll let you have it if you want it. I'm taking it. So, we start to get introduced to our group of people. Budget Tasmanian John Travolta gets his leg nearly bit off, and they establish right here that he's not British or Australian, but the main guy is still making Vegemite jokes for whatever reason. Tasmanian, you fuck. He goes, oh, wait, I thought you were Australian or maybe British. He's like, no, dude, I'm Tasmanian. And then five minutes later, he goes, oh, I remember when you eat Vegemite? No, he doesn't. Sharks don't like Vegemite, do they? See, that's why this movie pisses me off. Like, I want to like these lines. Like, if they did that, I don't know, if more of them were like this, because that is kind of funny. You know, it's like, obviously, you just established the fact this guy isn't Australian. He's not fucking downing Vegemite. The fact that they keep going... And then it just gets worse and worse and less clever. Yeah. Kind of bugs me. It does get less clever. I think that's that's the truth for the whole movie. They avoid the shark attacks. And then this is when Tasmanian starts looking at his dude. Because they're in the bar. They're telling stories. Like, they're like, oh, fuck, dude. We avoided the shark attack. It was so cool. Do the look, Finn. And then. <laughs> yeah. Can we establish that real quick? Our main character's name is Finley the Finn. That's the only name I remembered. He is Finley the Finn Shepherd. To me, this movie was about Finley the Finn, Tasmanian, Tara Reed, daughter, Tara Matt, Reed. and then a <laughs> uh, uh, homegirl. Nova, right? Nova? I It took me, I missed the first time they called her Nova, and they never said her name again until like the very end of the movie, so I never <laughs> caught her name. <laughs> took me so long to figure out that she was Nova. Got it. Anyway, he does this look, and it's basically just, like, a snarl. And then <laughs> Tasmanian goes, That shark said, I'm not gonna mess with top-tier surfer Finn the Finley Finn Shepherd." Finley Finn Finn, Finny Finn Finn. 
And this is when the storm that's killing sharks and bringing sharks closer to shore and tossing sharks around is kind of loosely explained a little bit further than it was before. Because they tried to explain it before. They knew they didn't do a good job. So they tried again with a different character to see if, like, you know, they would get the vibes off a little more. <laughs> and this is when Tasmanian guy tries to cheers his whiskey but grabs the wrong drink. <laughs> Such a little stupid thing. But he's just, like, this is what I'm talking about. He picks up a drink and he tries to cheers it. And he goes, oh, whose drink is this? Puts it down, grabs another one. Like, it's like that. It's like a family joke where you're like, ah, ha, ha, he grabbed a different person's drink. But you don't want to cheers that, germs. Right. It's like, what's the what's the joke? Like, what makes it funny? Is that it's a little unsanitary. <laughs> so the storm is getting closer. So naturally, Finn decides to close down shop for the day because he kind of looks out the window. He's like, oh, it looks like it's getting closer. Let me close down shop for the day. And his employee <laughs> refuses to leave because, quote, if this bar gets destroyed, I'm out of a job, unquote. And could you imagine dick riding that hard for your shitty oh job? Oh, my God. There's no way. I'd be like, of Get destroyed. I'll go get fucking unemployment or something. I don't, fuck your <laughs> fuck your stupid bar. This isn't my bar. I don't own it. You're working for tips at a beach bar. <laughs> and within two seconds, a giant wave approaches, and a stupid-looking shark fucking Kool-Aid mans his way right into the side of the establishment, eats a guy immediately. It happens so fast, I didn't even notice it. And this is actually kind of what I appreciate about Sharknado, because it does go batshit crazy within minutes. Like, we're probably seven minutes into the movie right now. Yeah, I mean, this happens pretty quick, where they're just, like, invading the bar. Yeah, once the first shark pops in, it gets badly killed by the bartender with a spear. I don't know where she got a shark hunting spear in that moment, but there's a lot of times where people will pull out different gadgets that don't make sense. Was that was that not just a pool cue? No, dude, I swear to God, that was an actual spear. Oh, okay. I'm so positive that was a shark hunting spear. A shark hunting spear. Like the ones that like they killed dolphins with and shit. Is that one that is that something that you guys just keep in California? Everybody just has a shark hunting spear. Are you thinking are you thinking of the word harpoon? Is that the word you're thinking of? Harpoon. Have you ever gone uh, surfing? Harpoon. A shark hunting spear. Did I get to the point? Did you figure out what I was talking about? Yeah, I sure fucked it. Okay, so we got there. Oh my god, I'm dying. So more terribly generated sharks pop up. The drunk old perv man hits a shark with a stool, and everyone decides to go on a venture to save Finn's kid as a group because none of them have anywhere else to go. It's the most bullshit thing I've ever seen in my life. Go home. But I do like how hard they lean into the typical disaster movie character, like, groupings. They're like, oh, well, you know, this person has a, a job to fulfill. They have to save their family, and nothing else matters beside that. Of course, his best friend is going to come with him to support him. And then this other chick is kind of just along for the ride. Like, I guess I could go to, like, things like The Happening, where, you know, it's so fucking stupid and, like, right. typical that, of course, you're going to do that. But at the same time, it I don't know, it's kind of funny, because I feel like... We've had that time in life where it was an actual thing that happened in movies. People acknowledge that, so then they make fun of it. And then at this point, people were, like, very aware of it that they just, like, make fun of it to the point that... I don't know if it was overdone at this point. It's definitely overdone now. What was George's reason for staying? Was it just because he likes his bar stool? It's because he likes to get drunk at the bar and he wants to marry Nova and he likes his bar stool. He's like, this is my chair. I can't. I don't go anywhere without this chair. He's a regular is what I got from it. So, like, ride or die. Yeah, but that's it. Like, that's it. Like, he's a regular. 
But have you ever seen regulars at a bar? It's like when you're talking to like the female bartender, they're like, oh yeah, I fucking hate that guy, but he's always around and he pops up for everything. Like he does fit that trope. <laughs> All right. He's like, he's, he's just Frank Gallagher. It's fine. He's a little bit like Frank Gallagher. He's just always around. Frank is a little more likable though. Somehow, somehow Frank Gallagher, who uh, almost had sex with his daughter, is less creepy than this guy. He almost had sex with his daughter? Do you mean Lip's girlfriend? No, Sam. Oh, <laughs> I forgot about Sam. Oh, that, I'm glad I forgot about Sam. <laughs> that was a rough time. Anyway, time for street sharks. Or time street for sharks. mentioning street sharks, I guess. I mean, they are there. But it's kind of like a very uh, abandoned plot point. Specifically, tiger sharks, which is information you would only be familiar with if you watch Shark Week. Yep. Shout out Shark Week, dude. This is It kind of is bringing me back a little bit. Not enough hammerheads in this one. I know that there are some, but not enough. Why was every Shark Week about hammerhead sharks? Because they have cool-shaped heads, man! That's the exact explanation that National Geographic would give you. <laughs> Why are there so many hammerheads? Oh, they're cool, dude. They just look fucking cool. So another funny little addition to the story is the fact that drunk old man George lives in Beverly Hills, but he drives over to this specific bar in L.A. just to sit on his special stool. But also, when they mention this, it seems like it's such a crazy, out-of-the-ordinary thing. But when I really think about it, depending on where this is exactly, because I don't know exactly where this bar is. It's somewhere in L.A., somewhere by the beach. I mean, like, L.A. kind of goes, like, you can go down a fucking straight line and, like, end up on any beach that's still technically in L.A. He could possibly only be, like, about 25, 30 minutes from L.A., maybe even a little closer, depending on where he is in Beverly Hills, where this is in L.A. So I don't see that as that out of the order. They're like, holy shit, I can't believe you come all the way over here. And that's when I questioned where this movie took place in. I was like, is this somewhere else? Like, I assume it's, like, by the oh, beach, right. you know, somewhere yeah. in L.A., but they were so weird about him living in Beverly Hills, and I'm like, dude, every time I go to L.A., it takes me, like, 20 minutes to get to Beverly Hills. Like, it's just a stop that I make on the way, because I'm like, oh, fuck it, I'm already here. <laughs> so I don't get why they're acting like that's so crazy. A regular, an old man who has nothing better to do than go to a bar and flirt with a barkeep that's fucking 40 years younger than him and sit on his special stool. You don't think this guy would drive 30 minutes from Beverly Hills to L.A. every night to fucking get drunk? Of course he would. Especially just to, like, be at the beach. Drinking at the beach is better than drinking not at the beach. He's alone and old and a piece of shit. You think he's going to be at home in Beverly Hills? What's he going to do? <laughs> of course he's going to drive 30 minutes he's just away. He's just going to sit there and jerk off. Whatever, though. That short He's going to sit there and beat off sharks. Whatever, though. That's short-lived because George dies. It isn't a huge deal, though. No one really pays attention or cares because the sharks are going to spread through storm drains or something like that. They're trying to make that a plot point, but... Uh, is this where they have kind of like that evacuation sequence where, like, everyone's running? A little bit, and that's going to get weirder and weirder just knowing that there's an evacuation going on, like, based off of some of the actions of people around them. Right. Also, like... It's supposed to be, like, storming and raining and tornado-y, but it's clearly shot on just a perfect California sunny day. The thing is, most of this movie was shot during the daytime, so a lot of it is, like, a rain machine or, like, digital effects, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, I, I, I noticed. I noticed it was during the daytime. Oh, you noticed? I, 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 I didn't think you'd be able to notice. I noticed big time so they continue on but the only way to get through this like it's not exactly a bridge it's just a street it's basically a level of super mario brothers like when there's like a big wave popping up and you have to like time it right and like jump through it at the right time 
Dude, that part's so fucking dumb. It's fucking hilarious because uh, Tasmanian goes, the aerodynamics of this car won't make it through the waves. And then Finn goes, if it's one thing I know, it's timing waves. <laughs> it's timing and waves. I will say that's fucking hilarious. I just re- like, that's my only issue with this movie. He's I a wish surfer, they- bro, dude. He surfed the car. He surfed the truck, bro. He just rode that wave with the truck, just surfing the truck on down the wave. I just wish they committed to this the whole time because it's only the first 30 minutes where they're so over the top like this that it is funny. The rest of it, they're so over the top that it's boring as shit. That's right. I mean, we we jumped past one little line that I really liked whenever he first calls his ex-wife. He's like, the ocean is is rising, like the water's coming in or whatever. And she's like, we're 100 miles from the ocean. And he's like, you are 6.6 miles from the ocean. That was honestly fucking hilarious. Like, no, I'm sorry, but you're not that far, buddy. You are in uh, disaster territory. It's kind of like, kind of exactly like you say in like them, them pretending like Beverly Hills is so far away. Like, she's kind of doing the same thing. She's like, I'm 100 miles away. It's like, you are 6.6 miles away. That is just the L.A. effect. Everyone assumes that all of Southern California is L.A. Because, like... Okay, for example, I went to Rolling Loud uh, in December of, like, last year, so in 2021, and they advertised it as Rolling Loud LA. So, I mean, like, the only people that are going to recognize what I say right now immediately are going to be people from Southern California, but (laughs) Rolling Loud took place in San Bernardino, and let me go ahead and explain that. San Bernardino is easily an hour and a half to two hours, like, if you're lucky, away from LA. It is so far from LA, not even close to LA. It is actually like the murder capital of not only Southern California, but just about the entire world. It's made like Jesus. number one to number fifty, like at the lowest, like on the list every year for the past like couple fucking decades, if not more. Move over Gary, Indiana. It is a giant piece of shit. It is like the worst place ever. It's I hate going there. It's such a fucking <laughs> dirtbag scumbag piece of shit place but they advertise as rolling loud la and like everyone that talks about it all the time they're like oh i was in rolling loud la this that blah blah sorry sir you were not in la you weren't close kanye west pulled up and i feel like <laughs> kanye west didn't even know he was in san bernardino the fact <laughs> like when me and my friend looked at each other and we saw kanye west up there we we're like why are you in san bernardino <laughs> do you know where you are right now this is so insane <laughs> i don't know you shouldn't be worth a billion dollars and be in San Bernardino is what I'm saying. But what I'm saying is that this is just the L.A. effect. The California effect. I get it. Yeah. Everything's L.A. in California, apparently. Yeah, everything. By the time the three remaining dudes get to Tara Reed, a.k.a. Finn's ex-wife house, the sharks show up because they followed the gang through the sewers. And at first, Tara doesn't want to let Finn, his Tasmanian friend, and his employee, who she assumes is a stripper, inside of the house. However... When a shark jumps through the wall, uh, you guessed it, Kool-Aid man style, she changes her mind. But only for a second. Like, I feel like she's very wish-washy. <laughs> and she is, again, playing the trope of the wife who's like, Oh, what the fuck? I don't want to help you in this disaster. Oh, wait, the disaster's happening? Wait, but I'm still mad at you because of emotional issues that we had in the past. I'm not going to put this disaster to the side and make sure that we all live, my child included. I'm going to be mad at you because of the way that you looked past the other way. Because of the way that you looked oh the other way when I got a good haircut three years ago. Yeah, you know, they they really set up... uh Finn and Tara Reed's relationship to be this thing where like like we're supposed to like maybe think he did something really bad like cheated on her or something 
but they never tell us that. And then every time they give us an excuse as to why she and the kids hate him, it's because he's a nice person. It's like, this is just like you trying to save those kids in a school bus, you motherfucking piece of shit. What you, what you give a shit about kids for? You got kids. It's basically Zoe De Chanel's character from 500 Days of Summer moving into the happening, but still having the same <laughs> character traits of 500 Days of Summer, but um, like pushing it toward what's his fucking name? What's Finn's actual name? No, it's funny that like there's no recognizable name. Finley the Finn. Terry. Ian Zerling. Finley. Zering? Ian Zering? Finn. No one matters except for Tara Reed in this, and honestly, I mean, <laughs> but it's okay. I do like the the new boyfriend, her new boyfriend. He's not with us very long, but he's pretty fucking funny. Colin? Yeah. Okay, yeah. You like Colin? I just like the way he dies. Yeah, okay. So we'll talk about Colin right now, I guess. This is when it's revealed that the daughter that Finn is trying to save isn't a child. Did that take you for as big of a spin as <laughs> it did me? You and Nova? Okay, yeah, Nova is dumbfounded, but when he is first on the phone with his wife, he's like, oh, you fucking bitch, you won't let me take her for my week out of the month just right, to save right, her right. from a disaster, blah, blah, blah. So I'm thinking she's five. Yeah, she's like four. <laughs> In my mind, she is a five-year-old, and they're still fighting for the custody of this child who doesn't know what's going on. And then when they walk in the house and he looks at his daughter, she looks like she's damn near an adult. <laughs> She's damn near. If she's high school, she's like a junior or senior. Like, <laughs> like she's either a senior in high school or she's like in college now. Right, and he's right. still fighting for his week out of the month custody. <laughs> and then the dude that pops up, I thought at first that he was her boyfriend, the daughter, but apparently that was the boyfriend of Tara Reed. Yeah, there is sort of a, they're playing with age there a little bit. I think that was on purpose. Dude, he's basically standing next to her on the stairs, like, with his arm around her, and he's like, don't talk to my girlfriend, you're not even there for her, you're a terrible dad, but then it's like, <laughs> it turns out that he's actually trying to be her dad, and I'm like, oh, okay, that's, alright. Yeah, yeah, they're doing some weird things with age here. Which, again, I don't want to, like, not look at the other side, because I don't want people to, like, listen to this and be like, oh, you don't fucking get Sharknado, you don't get that they're trying to do this, that, blah, blah, I get it. I just don't care. <laughs> I get it. It just sucks. I understand what they're trying to do, like, but I'm just saying, this is no thanks killing. It's no thanks killing. You're right. You're right about that. So, Calvin, uh, Colin, Colin does not matter because he doesn't last long. He gets attacked by a shark nearly immediately. He's ma He matters for his death scene because it's fantastic. Well, a shark's going to Kool-Aid man its way through the window. Of course it is. It's always water first, too. The water comes in, it's like, Pew! and the fucking shark comes in and bites someone immediately. It's like Jumanji. Is it? This movie's like Jumanji. Like, where's all this water coming from? <laughs> what the fuck's going on? Uh, but I love it because he's like, Colin, don't go down there. There's a shark in the swimming pool. And he goes, shark in the swimming pool? That's impossible! As he gets eaten by a shark. And this was a very, like, Marvel superhero type of scene, because while he's getting attacked, you know when Spider-Man is trying to use his webs to, like, keep those trains from falling off, or yeah, when, yeah, like, yeah, Captain yeah, Marvel's, yeah. like, grabbing that helicopter and being buff as shit to, like, basically the same thing as the Spider-Man scene? Yeah, they're doing that, but Colin's already fully fucking dead. He's destroyed. Like, there's just a leg they're left still at this point, fighting for and him. they're trying to pull the leg out, and I'm like, D it's just a leg. <laughs> 
and everyone has this face where like they're still holding out hope that he's fine. I'm sorry, but he's not. Like his whole body is inside that shark. You've walked away from people with less damages. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but you're focusing on this guy who not only do you not care about, but is dead. At the end of the day, no one really cares about except Tara Reed. so... I don't think she does either. Yeah, moving on. So as they're sitting around staring at the aftermath of the death of Tara Reed's boyfriend, the Tasmanian guy says, Huh, that time of the month, huh? Just because there's blood in the water. Yeah. So that's funny. It's great. This is when the movie go down, goes downhill. Like, it was that line, and every line after that was just didn't matter. <laughs> so we stop on the side of the road. We see a school bus, and Finn goes, there could be kids in there. Tara Reed goes, you care about other people more than your own family. What, 25 five-year-olds? Anyway, Finn, I can't forget about it. I'm going to go on the bridge and propel down to save them. This is when I just wondered if he had grappling materials it turns out he does turns out he does i do want to point out uh right before that we get kind of the first glimpse of this radio host that we will hear updates from throughout the movie and it kind of does they're telling us everything that was explained two seconds before They'll explain it and then the radio host will explain it right after but the radio host comes on and We'll keep you updated on the storm. This has been Johnny Waves. That's Johnny with an I. Johnny Waves, dude. You can't spell surf without I. Oh, God. I loved it. I I was living for those updates. So it turns out there is actually an entire bus filled with kids along with their bus driver in the bus. How did I get in this movie? Jeepers Creepers 2, man. I, like, am the bus driver. What? That guy guy was me. Did you see that Elaborate. guy? Elaborate. Did you see that guy? In looks? In presence? Yeah, just a little bit of everything. <laughs> I don't know if I'd agree with that. Hey, man, I'm just saying. You're being real hard <laughs> all, on yourself. All these kids were freaking out. He's this long-haired, chubby guy, and he's like, it's okay, kids. Another adult will help us soon. Okay, I guess I could see that. I'm just like, uh That's pretty much exactly what I would do. Like, hey, we're all going to fucking die. Like. Maybe another adult will show up, because I know I can't fix this. And did you catch the bus driver saying, they're sending someone from 911 over here? Yeah. So maybe it is you, I don't know. I don't know how much you would help me in a situation. I feel like I could be foaming at the mouth on the ground, you're like, don't worry, someone from 911 is on their way. Who from 911? Someone's coming. Someone from 911? Someone from 911, they're on their way. Yeah, from the company, 911. Some adult is going to come help because I'm not one. So since Finn is a superhero and an adult, he saves everyone on the bus while the sharks just patiently wait. Like, he gets 27 kids off of this bus. It's such a ridiculously elaborate, (laughs) like, repelling system. Like, even the time it took to set all that shit up. Dude, like, because it's not just, like, they throw a rope over the side of the bridge. It's that he fully sets up a rock climbing, like, pulley system off yeah. the side of the bridge and then brings 27 one by kids one. up one by one. Like, that had to have taken three hours. <laughs> and then finally, when it's just the two adults left, which, by the way, I feel like there was also, like, nine adults that went up before them. I don't know who they were or where they were, but, like, those were definitely not kids running up that in the very beginning. Oh, every, every single time someone got on that thing it's clearly a stunt person it is clearly a full-grown adult stunt person it's not a child at all that's actually pretty great (laughs) and then 
Everyone except the bus driver goes last, and he's like, oh, I'm afraid of heights. Oh, God, what's going on? It's ridiculously dramatic, purposely terrible, could have been more fun. And the bus driver literally says something along the lines of, I hate sharks. I'm from Oklahoma. Wyoming. Okay, again. Get your fucking shit right. Again. Geography, bitch. All right. I did like when Finn was going up the rope and a shark started basically climbing up the rope after him. Yeah, that's pretty great. How it's does like the it, shark had How does it, it had hold arms. on? Arms. How does it keep going? Like, arms, is it letting dude. go but getting higher? What's happening? How is this possible? You ever seen a T-Rex climb a rope? Nope. Well, I was going somewhere else with that. <laughs> Not the answer I wanted. Sorry about you. And then he slices the rope, and the shark falls down going, No! It's like the thing where, oh my god. I was trying to think, I can't think of the specific, like, older version of what's happening. Shout out Daniel Farren's Eileen Warnos, American Boogie Woman, when fucking uh, Toby, what's his name? Toby, uh, 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 Topher? No, to- Toby, uh, Jigsaw. Oh. Why am I blanking it right now? Toby, it's to- Tobin, Tobin Bell, Tobin Bell. Yep. When Tobin Bell is Eileen Warnos' husband, an American boogie woman, and she kicks him down the stairs, and he starts flying down. It does the zoom in on his face with a little bit of Vaseline on the side of the lens, and it's like kind of like fisheye, and he's like, no! While he's slow-mo flying down. They do that with the shark in this. Yeah, that sounds right. Daniel Farron sucks. <laughs> so the bus driver dies right now, and he goes... My mom always told me a Hollywood would kill me. And right before this, we see, like, the Hollywood letters on the mountain kind of, like, getting a little loose and flying right. off. And one of them flies off. I think it might have been the W, but it lands on his head. Yep. And also, where'd all the kids go? They're gone. You know, like, in a disaster movie, when you save people, it makes sense when people run off and go their own way, but not when they're five. An adult from 911 came and got them. Oh, okay. No, I'm following. <laughs> So it happens many times, but sometimes sharks get shotgunned in the face, and you can see their skull. And it looks, uh... <laughs> it's bad. I kind of do like that, though. It's like it's like, like Mortal Kombat, like the first time they made one in 3D. And look, to be fair, this is one of those shark movies that doesn't hold back on the sharks. But it does hold back on the tornadoes, which is the issue. Like, when you see a shark movie, you're like, I want a lot of sharks. A lot of shark movies don't give you that. But this one specifically added in the tornado thing, and there's not enough tornadoes. There is a giant influx of sharks. Like, they're popping out left and right. But we do not get enough tornado. Yep. Actually, we don't really get any tornado, really, until, like, now. Like, this is when the tornadoes start. And the second the tornado pops up, it gets blown up. It is nice that another tornado shows up, though. <laughs> that is the redeeming quality. <clears throat> Multi-nados. But at this point, even though we have been talking a lot, this is the hour point of the movie. And if you think about it, nothing's happened except for sharks popping into houses. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, I do think that this is where the movie kind of pissed me off. Because up until this point, like the stakes were like fine. And then now... Like, as far as the main cast goes, like, Finn and Tasmanian guy and Nova, Tara Reed and the kids, right? Well, right now we just have the daughter. Like, they do this whole thing with, like, the tornado and the winds and it's, like, whipping metal everywhere and that's what knocks the Hollywood sign down and all that shit. And obviously they kill the character they just introduced because at this point they've fought off so many goddamn sharks 
that you can't just kill any of these main characters with a random tornado wind. So, like, there's just no stakes for them. It's like, clearly they're going to be fine. Like, if something takes out these characters, it's going to be, like, a badass shark. They're not just going to get hit by a random piece of debris and die. Yeah. So, like, what's the point of showing all of this? Well, someone does get run over by a Ferris wheel. That's fun. Again, not one of the main characters. No, just a random Just person. a random standby. It's also really strange to me that we mentioned this earlier. This is the part I was talking about. It's still evacuation mode, disaster mode, so everyone's dipping out. But at one point, they're in a car, and they start speeding, and a cop tries to pull them over. That's the most insane thing. That's that's not what's happening. They're not supposed to go that way. I know they're not. It's not about them speeding. That's not why he's pulling them over. Okay, no, you're right. You're right. It is because they're going through, like, a fucking exit or a turn. Like, like a it's barricade. blocked off. Yeah, barricade, yes. But... I feel like in moments of natural disaster, there's bigger things going on. When sharks are jumping at you at any moment, who gives a fuck about the barricade? Well, because it's like an evacuation route. They're not They're not taking the evacuation. They're trying to go further into the city to get to this fucking uh, airport or wherever that Matt's at. Who fucking cares? If there's sharks bouncing around, if you want to go in there and get killed by sharks, not my fucking problem. <laughs> Well, am I wrong saying that? Like, I mean, I wouldn't chase him down. I'm just, I don't get why anyone would. <laughs> so that happens. Um, I do have mad respect for the fact that they conveniently stole a car with a nitro button in it. I was getting ready to say, I feel like I missed how they got this car. I did. I did. I missed how they got this car, but I know that they, multiple times right before this, one of their cars got fucked up or, like, maybe ran right. out of gas or, like, et cetera, et cetera, and they were just like, oh, we're going to steal another car. So I I didn't see how they got this one. It's, I feel like it's just safe to assume that they stole it. They got a Hummer that just so happened to have nitrous in it. Yes. I'm fine with that. A Hummer. I have no issue with that. <laughs> you want to turn Sharknado into Fast and Furious? I'm not going to have an issue in with that. In 2013. I would, I would believe it more if it was, like, 2007. Like, the height of the Fast and Furious. Yeah. Like, then I would believe that someone had nitrous in their Hummer on the side of the road. They were a little late. <laughs> they are a little bit late. <laughs> like, when I was playing Need for Speed Underground 2. Like okay, that's yeah. when That's when people had nitrous buttons, you know? Great soundtrack. <laughs> Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Anyway, the plot continues, and by that I mean they find Finn's son, Matt, who decides that he's going to get in a helicopter and drop a bomb on the tornado. Yep. Not the best idea, but not the worst idea in terms of the movie. Makes for interesting cinema. So now, of course, the father-daughter conflict starts for emotional sake. Uh, she goes, she being Finn's daughter, says, You and mom could barely stand to be in a room together, and now what? You're best friends because you're going to save the world? You're only here for Matt. 
but to my recollection, they forgot Matt existed until about 10 minutes ago. He was definitely not the thing that he was worried about her the whole time. He came. This is what I'm saying. Like every time. But again, I want to just say real quick before we start talking about this, there's going to be that person who's pissed and is like, you don't get it. They're trying to do this. And that. <laughs> obviously they're doing the opposite because it's stupid. I get it. But it's not it's not clever. It's just lame. It's not good. It's not clever. It's not fun. It's not interesting. It just makes me feel bad for Finn. I'm like, yeah, your family fucking sucks, bro. Like, <laughs> And again, you can even argue that, too. They're trying to make you feel like that because he is the nice guy. That I don't fucking care. But yeah, at the end of the day, I still don't care. So I'm so sick of Homegirl, which is Nova. I wrote her down as Homegirl over and over again. Acting as if no one thinks that her gill-shaped scar bite is cool. Because at one point she she goes, oh, this fucking scar sucks, blah, blah, blah. Okay, well, I'm not... And this isn't me being a fucking uh, sexist piece of shit and going, oh, yeah, well, wear are. something longer. But, like, if you if you, if you you so much don't want people to see this giant gill-shaped scar that's in the middle of your leg, wear some fucking pants. Because it's the issue where it's like every time someone looks at it, she's like, she tries to pull her shorts down that are, like, <laughs> short as shit to, like, hide it. And I'm like, no, fuck you, dude. Just wear... Everyone can see that. <laughs> she's also competing... With Baz, the Tasmanian guy, who's literally, like, missing half of a leg. <laughs> like, if I'm gonna notice someone's wound in this party, I'm probably gonna notice that one first. She has been living with it her whole life, though. He's only had it for a day or two. <laughs> and also, I would say that I thought he lost his leg in the beginning, but it looked more like he just got scratched. It was confusing to me, but... I thought he got bit pretty bad. I thought he did, but then when you see it, it looks like it's just a scratch. It looks like a gill-shaped scratch. <laughs> so, I don't know. Take that as you will. But what I'm just saying is, like, I'm calling bullshit because she's saying no one thinks it's cool because Matt shows him her scar, which, by the way, I don't I don't know where he said he got it. It was something fucking stupid, and it looked worse than hers, and he was like, right. well, everyone thinks it's cool now, so I like it. And then she goes, no one thinks this is cool. This is fucking terrible. Look, I've met men, and men will tell any mildly pretty woman that anything about them is cool. If a Dreamcatcher tattoo gets compliments, your shark bite shaped like a gill will get compliments. Everyone thinks it's cool. So shut up with that bullshit. I know for a fact that old man George with his fucking stool was com- I mean, he did comment on your shark bite. He basically called it cool. Pretty much, yeah. She tells the story of how she received the bite. Basically, she was fishing with her grandparents. The boat went down. Grandparents got ate up. That sucks. Traumatic now. Uh, and so when Nova and Matt finally get into the air, we get a good shot of the Sharknado. Only takes about 85% of the movie to see the real n- reason for the namesake. But, you know, we'll get over that. Real anticlimactic, if you ask me. They throw the bomb into the Sharknado. The Sharknado gets destroyed. But thankfully... The sharks start flying around everywhere because when you blow up a Sharknado, obviously sharks are going to fly out every direction. Yeah. Uh, there's a few other things that we need to establish. Oh, you mean Finn shooting sharks out of the air with a pistol? That was very birdemic. Yes, which I actually... Enjoyable. I kind of love that. If there was more of that kind of stuff <laughs> this whole movie, 10 out of 10. The reason birdemic is so shitty but it works so well (laughs) is because they stick to the shitty and ridiculous and it just gets weirder and weirder as it goes and like more over the top like goofy and nerdy there's more cgi like it gets worse and worse they're like swinging at birds with like fucking golf clubs and shit and missing them but they still act like they're hitting them if there's more stuff like that i love sharknado 
Yeah, I mean, he's like, he's not even aiming with this pistol. He's just like blind firing and just one-shotting sharks. (laughs) It's kind of amazing. It's great. I love every bit of that. It's like some uh, some 007 golden PP7 shit. <laughs> yes, it's like Nintendo 64, like GoldenEye. Uh, they do this thing where when they pull up to the the air, whatever the air thing is actually called, like the airstrip or whatever, they, they're like, oh my god, why is there a retirement home next to an airport? And they like make a joke out of it, and they're like, well, that's because old people can't hear. But I'm just like, why can't there be a retirement home next to an airport? Again, it's sharks. Uh, I'm afraid of heists because I live in Wisconsin or Wyoming or whatever. <laughs> they're, they're jokes that they're trying to make jokes, but they don't track. Like it's a f- any anything can be next to an airport. There's no rules. It's a Family Guy bit where Peter is like, Lois, do you remember that time I talked to James Woods and he uh, threw a skittle at me and then he said racist things on Twitter and then James he goes Woods. back into a, flash, a flashback and he's like, ooh, James a piece Woods. of candy, ooh, a piece of candy. James and then Woods. he's like, oh, well, uh, uh, radical, uh, blah, 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 uh, whatever. And they're like, ha, 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 okay, back to whatever. Oh, we were texting during this bit. Isn't that funny? It, it, it's those jokes. Yeah. It's like the way it. that we look at Family Guy now. The way we used to think Family Guy was incredible, and now everyone sees it as a piece of shit. <clears throat> now, one gag that I did like that I feel like they Family didn't even... Guy. Oh, you mean the time that Peter hit his knee and he was like, <gasps> no? Uh, when they get to that airport and they're looking for Matt, right? They're looking for anybody. They're like, where are the people at? Like, Matt's supposed to be here. Baz and Finn like jump up to look inside of plane. <laughs> It's like if you were hiding from a Sharknado, is it going to be inside of an airplane? Um, fast forward five minutes, yes, one hundred percent. The shark. No, would be in a plane. they get in the hot. They get in a helicopter. That's a different story. Okay, whatever. What there will be sharks in helicopters. It's, it's more maneuverable. Yeah, it's just so crazy that a shark would end up in a plane, but a helicopter, you know, that's in the realm of possibilities. No, I just think like a tornado is coming. Seek shelter. Okay, I'm going to get in an airplane. A thing that's designed to get flown through the air that as soon as the wind comes, it's just going to fly you through the air until you crash into something and die. Logic. If a tornado's coming, don't hide in the airplane. So Tasmanian dies, which really doesn't matter too much. His death was easily overshadowed by the dude that got smashed in the stomach by a shark's body. It was basically like the shark. 100. It was like a shark was a hammer and someone just swung it into this guy's chest. Yeah. Like a mallet. Not a hammer, a mallet. Bez's death was meaningless. It was was like, who gave a shit? Like, this dude got smashed with a body. (laughs) And that's not the first. It happens again, too. Uh, Baz also just knows everything about tornadoes at this point. Yeah, yeah, he's the fucking expert of the whole thing. Yep. Because why didn't he speak up sooner if he knew everything about tornadoes? And I know we shouldn't be discussing logistics, but I do want to ask, do you think there's any possible chance of lighting a match when there's a tornado a couple of miles away from you? Absolutely not. There's a slight gust of wind outside and I can't light a match. I can't light a match for shit. This dude lights a match and is able to light the rest of his matchbook on fire and throw it when there's a tornado like five centimeters away from him. Absolutely not. That and not was able happen. to set a pool on fire. <laughs> I forgot he set the pool on fire. Sets a whole pool on fire. <laughs> the fact that these sharks are jumping through houses Kool-Aid man style but they can't get out of this pool. 
Someone explain that to me. Whatever. Okay, hang on, hang on. We're gonna count to three. Let's do it together, okay? <laughs> One. You don't remember him saying that eight different fucking times? Oh, uh, okay. It's like, yeah, we get it. You have to count to three after you push the button. We got it the first time and the second time and the seventh time. Well, now a shark attaches itself to a helicopter. You want to talk about realistic things? <laughs> well, Nova and Matt are in this helicopter. She tries to, like, kick it off, but that just makes her fall. Free fall, really. I mean, that's how helicopters work. Yeah, so she falls through the air, and then a flying shark catches her midair and eats her. <laughs> it's good. And in the end, it's Finn versus Shark attacking his daughter. It's actually one of the best moments in cinema history because he jumps directly into the shark's mouth with a chainsaw in hand and then slices his way out when everyone thinks he's a goner. Him, like, just the shot of that shark slow motion flying toward him, him slow motion flying toward it with the chainsaw directly out. It is good. Honestly, both chainsaw moments are pretty good. What was the other chain when he cuts her out? No, whenever it's it's flying at him and he just like whips it up and it's just like it's really fast and he just like cuts it in half. It's like when like a chainsaw is getting tossed toward Ash and like Ash versus Evil Dead and he like attaches it to his hand. It's very yes, it's very Ash Williams, absolutely. Everyone thinks he's dead. The shot's pretty hilarious and the incredibly long amount of time that it takes for him to cut himself out is also pretty great. It takes him probably yeah. a minute and a half real time. <laughs> He's well. He's coming out. He's going like emerging out of the shark's belly, and it just looks so fucking like it. It looks like someone cut through like fiberglass insulation. That's a that's a good descriptor. Yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say paper mache. That fiberglass is better for sure. <laughs> or like cotton candy, like thick cotton candy. Right. Yeah. And then he reaches inside of the shark and pulls Nova's entire body out. Just pulls her out. <laughs> like, I didn't know. I didn't even know that was the same shark. Yep. Somehow they both fit in their hole. So confusing. <laughs> it's a big-ass fucking shark stomach. And then apparently, like, Tara Reid rips on her earlier where, he's, where she's like, Oh, you fucking stripper. I hate you because you're trying to fuck my ex-husband. And then right now, Matt goes... What's your real name, by the way? And she goes, Jenny Lynn. I, that took me for a run from... Why does a bartender need to have a fake name? You're not a... Like, she's not a stripper. But then they make the joke where they're basically, like... They're trying to, like, to, like make us believe that she's hiding the fact that she was a stripper. And now she's like, oh, actually, no. all along. No, you weren't. <laughs> no, 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 no. I don't think that. I don't think that. No? I thought that's what they were trying to do. No, like, whenever her parents died and all that trauma happened, she just, like became a different person she's like oh i'm no now, you're telling me she out. made a new character yeah. to hide her trauma yeah yeah that that's is what so happened. much deeper than her being a low-key stripper <laughs> that is so deep dude are you kidding me she's the fucking guy from city walk who wasn't really an asian man he's actually a white man yeah trying man. to hide all of his past trauma yeah what shitty walk oh my god that's so crazy god i want chinese food now Okay, well, this is the end of the movie. The end, the end is this song that's like, Shark! Shark! Sharknado! <laughs> the Ballad of Sharknado. 
The whole point of the movie was as follows. The main girl is in love with her boss, Finn, until Finn and his ex-wife, Tara Reed rediscover their love for each other after her new boyfriend dies. After that happens, she falls in love with the next best thing, Finn's son. That is, until she dies by shark and then comes back by shark. Reborn. It's a very strange concept. There were about 20 kills in Sharknado. Um, it was a little hard getting this kill count, but I do feel pretty confident in 20. I mean, there's a lot. There's a lot going on. There's a good amount of kills. You will miss a lot of them if you blink. And as we discussed off camera, it is 20, not including shark deaths. Yeah, I'm not counting the fucking shark deaths. And you know, and you know what? A few episodes ago, we were talking about dogs and why I didn't do dog deaths. And James kind of like made me think I was crazy for a second because he was like, why don't you do dog deaths? And I was like, you know, what? you're right. Why don't I? And then right now during this episode, he also reminded me why I don't because he tried to pull some bullshit where he was like, well, if you count dog deaths, you got to count shark deaths. <laughs> and then I remembered in that moment, that's why I made the executive decision early on not to count dog deaths because if I count dog deaths you guys are going to want me to count fucking shark deaths and then you want me to count zombie deaths and then you want me to count fucking vampires <laughs> and like wolves and all this other bullshit so I'm not doing it I'm just saying man what is a shark if not a water dog in dog based movies like atomic dog I might make exceptions and count them if there's like only if it's only <laughs> animal deaths in a movie I might make exceptions but I'm not I'm not doing this. It's bullshit. I want you to count all the shark deaths. No boobs. I want to say Sharknado is iconic and important, but I don't I don't I don't think it is. All it spawned was a million shitty shark movies attempting to copy an already shitty movie. Why would you make a mockbuster of a mockbuster? I don't I I think this should not live as high as it does in some people's minds. And I think it's only in the minds of people who have not seen it in a long time and just remember how hype it was back in the day. I don't think people are really talking about Sharknado like it is a big cult classic, but I do just want to reiterate that it, it's not a cult classic. It's, it's not. not. It's not. It's not smart enough to be that. It's not smart enough. It's not fun enough. It's not a good movie. What I will say, though, is that this is one of the better paced movies I've ever watched. Okay, sure. This hour and, like, shy of an hour and a half movie, it's about an hour, 22, 24, something like that, before the credits roll, it feels like you're watching a short. Like, I can put this movie on and feel like I watched it in five minutes. Yeah, it goes by pretty quick. It goes by very fast. So I will give it that. There are five sequels of Sharknado. How many do you think you've seen, James, like, realistically? On honestly, zero. I think zero. I think I've seen two of them in full, at least. Maybe three. Like, just from, like I said, just going to the sci-fi channel and them just being there. Yeah. But I don't know which or which. I don't think it's the same scary movie effect where when I watch them, I'm not be able to go, oh, this was from this one, this was from this one. Okay, it all makes sense now. I think right. I'm still just going to look at it as a very long extended movie. Yeah. I mean, it's... While Scary Movie is a different movie each time that is based off of other movies, this is just a different movie reskinned. Yeah, like, I just can't imagine, I mean, as much as they do with, like, the different parodies and the different bits in, like, Scary Movie and, like, you know, they'll they'll even kind of reach outside the genre and grab other things and, like, oh, then Signs was a big deal, so now we're going to make fun of Signs. Like, I have a feeling that doesn't happen in Sharknado movies. Also, to be fair, the more I'm watching uh, Scary Movies now that I'm older and the more that I'm watching M. Night Shyamalan movies now that I'm older, I'm realizing that... Every scary movie is just making fun of M. Night Shyamalan. Yeah. That's all it is. Like, it went from There's horror a lot movies to M. Night Shyamalan. <laughs> 
I just I just watched The Village the other day finally for the first time, oh, and yeah. I never realized that The Village was the movie that my favorite scary movie is making fun of. When the fucking blind chick is walking around, she walks into the church and shits her pants and all that, and she's hanging out with Rocky Dennis. I never realized <laughs> that was from The Village, and I'm watching The Village for like the first twenty minutes. I'm like, okay, this seems familiar, but I don't know. The second I saw that blind chick running around, it all clicked, and I realized that I knew what The Village was immediately. Yeah. It was the same experience that I had when we watched Signs. I was like, oh, fuck. Right. That's, that's okay. That's what's going on. Yeah. But anyway, um, that was Sharknado. This is an interesting experience. Um, Diamond Bolt on Letterboxd gave Sharknado a half a star and asked, were those sharks real? <laughs> Allure gave it a star and a half and said, don't you just hate when that happens? Yeah, that's, that's the best review yet. And finally... Evan gave Sharknado a half star and says, this movie can suck my balls. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, just, just clap. <laughs> These are cult classic reviews yeah, for a not true. cult movie. These are cult reviews for a movie that's very not cult. What was that? It was a star and a half and it was, don't you just hate when that happens? Is that what it don't is? Don't you just hate when that happens? I think that's my review. I'm just adopting that. It, I give it a star and a half. And I say, don't you just hate when that happens? I rated this a star and a half. Did you? You know, it's interesting, too. I didn't realize, but I did rate Sharknado. Um, let me see exactly what the date was. Oh, is it not? Oh, it's not showing me my old one now. I rated this a good while ago. Um, it's not showing me, and I think it's because I didn't write a review for it, and this time I wrote a review. And it's the same rating, so I think it gotcha. canceled out my other one. But something that I noticed about this, too, is that a bunch of people that I follow on Letterboxd have all rated Sharknado, but no one leaves a review for this. Everyone's just kind of like one star, one and a half, two stars at the mo at the most, and because nobody remembers it, no one has anything to say about it really. And that's what I did. That's what I did too when I realized that I rated it. And also, like I was going also by the way, it has a one point seven on Letterboxd. But when I was going to rate this, I was going to rate it a star and a half, and then I looked at it. And my rating for it was a star and a half with no review. And I was like, oh, okay, so I do feel exactly the same about this that I did years ago when I, whenever I gave this a rating. It's a star and a half movie. It's just what it is. It's a very star and a half movie. Like, the conversation, even though I had a little bit of fun talking about it, it still doesn't change anything about it. And, like, I don't know. It doesn't live in a weird world where I do want to recommend it if you've never seen it. And I, and I do kind of want to recommend it, too, if you haven't seen it in a long time. But it's not off of, like you got to go see this movie. It's kind of just like, you got to see this movie just to remember the time period and like, you know? Yeah, I would only recommend it if you say you've already seen it and you liked it. Yeah. Yeah. If you, have, if you haven't seen it, don't even bother in my opinion. I mean, it's a piece of shit. It's a bowl of cream of mushroom. <laughs> it's not a good movie. But, you know, thank you to Anthony Carrera for finally abandoning the Underworld series and for picking this movie today. Hey, we'll see. We'll see if, uh, we get stuck with Sharknado 2. Look, Anthony has this thing where he makes us do one movie, and then he's like, all right, do the next seven. I feel like he's going to do this thing where he's going to tell <laughs> us to do the next three Sharknados, and then he's going to abandon it on the last two when we're finally okay with it, and we're finally Once like, we're all right, let's in. finish the story. He's going to be like, yeah, let's move on to something else. <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah, that tracks. So I have a fuck, Mary kill for you, James. You have a flying shark, you have a chainsaw shark, and you have me dressed as a shark. What exactly is a chainsaw shark? Um, it is a shark that has been chainsawed. 
It's been chainsawed, so it's it's like at the end that shark. Okay. Um. Well, I guess I have to kill that one, right? It's already dead. That's your choice. Well, okay, okay. So for my own safety, I will kill the flying shark. I will fuck the chainsawed shark. So the dead shark will be the one who is fucked, and then I will marry you. And then hopefully that means that I don't get hurt. You made the worst decision because you're going to be hurt mentally. All I'm going to do for the rest of my life is baby shark do 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 baby shark do 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 baby shark do 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 baby shark. Daddy shark do 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 Dude, so having, you're fucked. You made the worst decision you ever. Having a child whenever that song became super popular again was the worst thing ever. Having me next to you with your child when that shark came out and was a thing was the worst thing ever because I would just <laughs> I would just keep it going even farther than it ever would have gone. Just, like just expand the family tree. We got uncle uncle shark and so that was Sharknado, guys. If you want to be heard and acknowledged on the show, you can send in a horror movie-related question or story to us. Either write down a question and send it to horsesoupyahoo.com or record a two- to three-minute story on your phone and send it to, again, horsesoupyahoo.com. And I also want to read two new Apple Podcast reviews. I have one good and one not so good, and they both kind of involve you, James. Do you want the good or the bad first? Oh, give me the bad. I'm ready for it. You want the bad first? Yeah. Okay, so actually the bad isn't really toward you. You were just involved in this episode. The bad is completely toward me. But it says, Caleb, please pay attention, dot, dot, dot. There's three out of five, so, you know, it's not the worst thing in the world. They don't, you know, hate us, but they don't love us. They please said, uh, this is this is Dear Land Girl. They said, I kind of enjoy this podcast, but Caleb misses entire premises slash plot lines on the regular. I will go ahead and say... <laughs> I do. Just listen to the 28 Days Later episode, and the entire premise of the movie needed to be explained to Caleb. No wonder he doesn't like anything. Look, if you have to explain the plot line to me, it probably makes sense that I don't like it. <laughs> no wonder he doesn't like anything. Also, oh, both man. hosts barely even mention the fact that Jim saw a plane after escaping the military compound, thus realizing the rage plague is confined not only or is confined only to the uk not the whole world meaning that rescue and a relatively normal life are still possible kind of a major part of the plot i kind of wanted to just uh like agree and go on but i will say that i remember talking about that episode and i remember fully mentioning the fact that there was a plane there and discussing so, the reason why we thought that was stupid didn't yeah didn't we even meant didn't we even that's how the movie ends they do get rescued or it kind of like is like clearly they saw the plane saw that right like yes and we discussed the f and we discussed the fact that that meant that they were in an area where the whole thing was that like we saw multiple times that the zombies wouldn't reach certain areas because of like right. water or this that blah, blah blah so they went to an island where they wouldn't reach them i feel like maybe they're upset because we didn't mention specifically that it's confined to a certain area not the whole world blah 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 but i feel like Either way, that kind of doesn't matter. That's just a geography issue, if anything. Yeah. I feel like we talked about that, I guess, is what I want to say. Yeah, so do I. I guess I think the issue is that we didn't talk about it in the way that they wanted us to, and we didn't mention very, very specific parts of the thing. But I feel like, I feel like the way we discussed it is the fact that we didn't, we didn't like 
the plot a little bit completely you know like some certain parts of it right. and i don't think i don't think that we missed the plot points exactly and this isn't me trying to defend be like oh we didn't fucking miss it we got all of it but i think that we more didn't miss the plot point i think we disregarded it <laughs> that's that's probably safe to say yeah you know that's that's probably fair right so i don't you know what i'm glad that you kind of enjoy the podcast yeah i'll definitely listen i mean i'll take it you kind of enjoy it that's enough okay cool I'll take and, it. And I, I typically do uh, try to make it my goal when I'm taking notes to say, okay, what things are Caleb going to miss? And I will say that uh, I like missing things. <laughs> <laughs> There's really really fun things happen with you when you miss things. I don't know if anybody's listened to the Amityville Death House. Is that the newest one, right? Oh, you mean when Kim didn't watch the entire movie? And whenever Kim's like, wait, someone had six titties? Like, that should have been something that you realized. <laughs> and it's really funny if you if something like that happens and you missed it. Yeah, see, I'm, that's how I feel. I'm not missing six titties. I'm missing um, a specific geographical location. <laughs> you can geographical these nuts. Anyway, the good one is... One of the funnest, funniest horror dot dot dot, I assume it says podcast, this is from Ashley Bloss. I love the host Caleb. His laugh is contagious. Thank you. This podcast genuinely makes me laugh so hard. I enjoy Kim and Pastor James. I appreciate Caleb and Kim's love in parentheses hate question mark for all of the Amityville movies. Thanks for doing this series. It is my favorite. I'm looking forward to listening to you guys cover Amityville's for the next 25 years at least. I love all the comments and... uh Things that are saying, like, I can't wait for you guys to be old and gray and covering Amityville. I'm glad Kim is stuck forever. Those ones, I really like those ones. Anything that hints at that. Anything that hints at that. Anything that hints at Kim being stuck, I enjoy. Can I tell a story about being called Pastor James? Yeah, sure. So here's the thing. While I held an office that most people would consider to be pastor, the my boss at the church that I worked at, like never thought I was good enough to be called pastor. <laughs> and so he would just make up these random fucking uh like titles like, "Oh, hey, we're going to have you do this now. We're going to we're going to call you this." Wait. The assistant to the pastor? It's not assistant to the pastor, but it's basically assistant to the regional pastor. It's basically shit like that because he was like so terrified of like me having the official title pastor. And so, like, I hang my hat on the fact that I did everything that a pastor does, but never got to actually be called Pastor James. Yeah, that makes me feel like when I was, like, working at a warehouse and, like, our boss would literally have us, like, sign for the trucks and teach people how to do things. Like, you know, like, teach them the whole job and everything, blah, 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 and made us do everything that a lead was, but they didn't want to give us right, the lead Right, but you race. can't be a lead. You can't be a you lead. You can't be a lead, but, you know, we'll have you do every You're not single ready. thing. You're not really ready to be a lead yet. Yeah, and then it was, like, the third or fourth time that they sent someone over to our area and then they moved them somewhere else and we were like, all right, you got to fucking pay us to be a lead if you want us to keep training these dickheads <laughs> that you're just going to move to a different part of the fucking place. You're just you're having us be a trainer. Yeah, and that's that's part of the reason why I don't work at churches anymore. So if you enjoy the show, leave a five-star review because it helps a lot and helps us get on the Spotify charts and stay on the iTunes charts. Maybe we'll even review or read your review on the show. We won't review your review. Actually, we do review your reviews. That's exactly what we did right now. So that was Sharknado. If you guys want to hear more of me, James from Night Shift Video, and many of our other associates like Kim, Kim Wilson from the Amityville series, I do a ton of bonus content. Actually, really, we do a bunch of bonus content exclusively on the Patreon app. You can be a part of it. You can help in deciding some of the horror films that are discussed on the show, gain 
access to full-length bonus episodes each month, stickers, handwritten postcards, and much more all on patreon.com slash horrorsoup. And the best way to keep up with everything Horror Soup is to follow the Instagram at horrorsoup. You can follow James' Instagram at nightshiftvideo. Follow my Twitter at horrorsoupsucks. Follow our letterbox movie reviews. I'm at horrorsoupcaleb. James is at nightshiftvideo. We're on TikTok at horrorsoup and at nightshiftvideo. And again, you can search horrorsoup and nightshiftvideo on YouTube for video episodes and other fun stuff. And uh, thank you to Ross Lee for supplying the show with intro and outro music. And thanks to Tom, a.k.a. the Mutant Members Only Club, for providing a ton of music that we use throughout the show. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, guys. This was Sharknado. We're doing it shark style. It's a shark. It's a shark. It's a shark. It's a shark NATO. It's a shark tornado. It's a shark. It's a shark. It's a shark. It's a shark. It's a shark NATO. It's a shark tornado. It's a shark after dark. It's a shark gonna spark a blunt that's crazy it's a shark and he's driving in a mercedes always going real fucking fast he's pulling up right on your ass hightail it right out of here that's a tail it's gonna hit a oh 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 bring it back a shark on the track oh the shark he's never fucking whack Oh, the shark, he has a lot of snacks. Snacks. Oh, the shark, he has a lot of, oh, snacks. Gonna eat him, gonna fucking eat him. Put him in his belly. Now he's very full. Now he's very full. Gonna eat a wool. That's a sheep. Sharks. Oh, where did the sheep come from? We're in LA and we're gonna have a really good day. Cause we're gonna hang out with a shark fellas. And we're gonna hang out with a shark dude and do that. What's next? A shark is gonna eat your ex. A shark might send your friend a text. He says, come to the bar. We're gonna have a beer. Gonna have a beer and we're gonna get really drunk. Oh, what the fuck? Have a little funk. Get fucked up. Go real crazy and we're dancing with a shark in the bar. Oh, whoa, he's getting kind of hard. That's a boner in his pants. Now he's going to do a little, little dance. Yeah, he's shaking his dick all over the place. Now the shark is starting to look like a disgrace. Get out of here. I don't like you, shark. Get out of here. It's a shark. It's a shark. It's a shark. It's a shark tornado. Shark boner. It's a shark NATO. It's a shark tornado. There are dildos in the tornado. There's dildos in the tornado. It's a shark. It's a shark. It's a shark. Take it from here, James. It's a shark. It's a shark. This one's long enough. There's enough sharks. I want to know where this voice came from. This new voice that's only working on the shark song, where you're like a fucking newscaster. It's a shark. It's a shark. It's a shark NATO. It's a shark tornado. And tonight at five, it's a it's shark, a shark tornado. Just tune in to your local news. We've got something, something for you. We're gonna give you a taste, gonna give you a scoop. It's a shark pulling up in a little, little coop. It's a shark after dark. It's a shark and he's really gonna spark. It's a shark tornado. It's a shark and he's in a tornado. tornado. It's a shark. 
It's a NATO. It's a shark. Daddy's in a tornado. It's a shark. 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 After dark, it's a shark. It's a shark. Come on, guys. Bring the fucking shark over here. Just bring the shark right over here. Just bring the shark over here right now. I want to speak to that shark. I need to have a word with this man. He's not a man. He's kind of aquatic, but I need to speak to this man. If I can. Is his name man or Stan? I don't care. Give me the shark. I need to have a word with this shark man. I need to have a word with this shark man. Left shark. I need to have a word with this shark man. Right shark. Left shark, right shark. That's a fright shark. New podcast, Fright Shark.